Hello and good day to you. I am Adekunle Olamiwonyukwa and I'm very excited to welcome you to the first episode of the Spirituality of Laws. This teaching was designed for the School of Prosperity and Influence Devotional Group. And so if you find yourself listening to this teaching at this time, I want you to congratulate yourself as God is, will be revealing wonderful things to us regarding laws and which laws to obey and which laws to not mind. There is um, a tendency for believers to um, think in this manner, which may be true, but also may be dangerous without understanding. And that manner is that we live above the systems of the world. It is a wonderful thing to know that you are above the systems of the world. But it is more expedient for you to understand how to stay above the systems of the world. Because it would be wrong for you to have the expectations that are above the systems of the world and still living by the laws that guide the systems of the world. Invariably, what makes you a believer that is above the systems of the world is because you live by a higher set of laws. The truth is this, that laws are spiritual. This is the truth, that laws are spiritual. And the laws you obey or disobey would determine the quality of your life, believer or not. So this is a basic truth. And it has almost nothing to do with whether you are a believer or not. The laws that you obey would determine the quality of your life. The laws that you disobey would have an adverse effect on your life. Now, the only reason that you can disobey a law and it will not have an adverse effect on your life is if you operate by a higher law. That's the only reason. Laws are not just commandments. They are written for guidance and the operation of life as it is. Life responds to laws and principles. I want to get it now. It is important that we clear this from the very beginning. So if God that is spiritual, if we have a spiritual God and he created a spiritual world, are we together now? He created a spiritual world with systems that keeps this world running. Okay? So the laws that guide the systems that are spiritual would also have to be spiritual. So I'm saying basically that laws have spiritual implications and this is why they can have physical manifestations. Because anything that has physical manifestations has spiritual implications. Now, we've said this in the introductory teaching, and so we just want to begin to look at the laws that you have to obey by. We've said about four or five episodes, we're going to be talking about important laws that you must live by as a believer. If you indeed want to stay above the six terms of the world, even as a non-believer, if you're listening to this, even if you want to lead a quality life. These are laws that transcend beings. These are laws that transcend nature. We're talking about the kind of laws that override all other kinds of laws. Now, talking about laws, there are laws that pertain to 
knowledge okay the knowledge and operation of certain things in the world and there are laws that pertains to the person or let me say it this way the personality of the being now we're together now so if you're going to divide laws into two kind of things two kind of laws we'll say there are laws that guide the existence of beings yes that's the perfect way to put it laws that guide the existence of beings and determines the form and manifestation of these beings and then there are laws okay that guide the operations of things that the beings do in the real world so obviously the laws that guide the existence of the beings would be more powerful than the laws that has to do with the operations of these beings in physical manifestations so we're starting from the laws that guide the existence of the beings today that is where we start from in this teaching now romans chapter 8 from verse 1 romans chapter 8 from verse 1 and 2 it says there is therefore now no condemnation there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in christ jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit now the language condemnation okay is a spiritual statement let me call this let me say this way is a statement that does not mean that you are being judged i mean does not mean that you're just being judged i want to get it it does not mean that you're not just being judged it means that spiritually speaking you have been judged as a spiritual being i want to get it now and found wanting of a spiritual standard so condemnation according to how the bible puts it means being judged according to the spiritual standard and being found wanting and so because you have been judged and found wanting according to this standard okay you are going to receive a judgment you are going to receive a penalty now romans 8 said there is therefore now no such thing for them that are in christ jesus so it means for everyone that is not in christ jesus there is already a condemnation it is simple for everyone that is not in christ jesus or for everyone that is in christ jesus and walks out of him there is a condemnation so the state of condemnation is the basic state of all men without the introduction of jesus now without the lord jesus all men are in a state of condemnation now they are in a state of condemnation because they have death operating in them because the nature in them is death do not forget we are to- we're talking about the laws that guide the existence of spiritual beings the nature that is in them is death and so because the nature that is in them is death they are already condemned a judgment has already been pronounced on them now the bible says that there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus so it means that Christ Jesus is a means to operate i mean to escape the condemnation now it now explains the term who are in Christ Jesus he says those who walk not after the flesh Now when we say after the flesh now we mean after the normal understanding after the knowledge of the world says but after the spirit talking about flesh and spirit 
Jesus did, did a quick contrast of flesh and spirit while he was talking to the disciples. He said, the flesh profited nothing. It is the spirit that giveth life. It is the spirit that giveth life. Again, so there is no condemnation because you walk after the spirit that gives you life. Life to chase out the death that is in you. Are we together now? Now verse 2 says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath set me free from the law of sin and death. I repeat, from the for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Now it is the law. Somebody said the law. The law of spirit of life. So there is a law of spirit of life and there is a law of sin and death. Now, spiritually speaking, it does not matter whether you know about the existence of these laws. It does not matter. Ignorance of the law is not an excuse in in the court of judgment. So the fact that you do not know about these laws does not mean you would automatically ignore them and not live by them. No! The fact that you do not know about this law still means you are subjected to one of them. So talking about the spiritual existence of beings now, all beings operate under two laws, either of these two laws, the law of the spirit of life and the law of sin and death. This Now, this has absolutely nothing to do with religion because you can be religious. In fact, you can be a Christian. I mean, a Christian now, okay, let me say it this way, you can be a believer now and still operate by the law of sin and death. It is very important that we clear these things. You can be a believer, full-blooded believer, born of God, redeemed of God, you know, carrier of the life of God, and still operate by the law of sin and death. Because what the Lord Jesus did, what the Son did for you, was to set you free. So he then said that you will know the truth, and then the truth will set you free. So the truth has the capacity to set you free, and ignorance has the capacity to keep you in chains. I would get it now. So if you are ignorant of the law of the spirit of life, it is your ignorance that is keeping you in chains. Now, it's not about the Son any longer now. Hallelujah. It's so important that we understand this. Now, if we say there is the law of the spirit of life, and then there is the law of sin and death, we're going to take, take a look at these laws one by one. So let's start from the law of sin and death. Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 1. Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 1. God was talking to the Israelites here, and he made a very important statement. Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 1. It says, Therefore, thou shalt love the Lord thy God, thou shalt love the Lord thy God and keep his charge and his statutes and his judgments and his commandments always. Now, many people think that the law of sin and death is just about the Ten Commandments. No! The law of sin and death includes all of the ordinances, all of the statutes and all of the commandments that were given to the people of Israel. I was going to now. Now, these laws were given to them in order to help them live a life 
that would escape death because they were naturally in a state of condemnation naturally so god gave them laws in order for them to be uh to be able to relate with him even in their state of condemnation so god gave them those laws by which they may attain righteousness and be able to walk with god and many times we see that the people of israel fell short of this standard But what about a time without the law? What about a time before the law? Because if we say the law of sin and death, the law of sin and death only came into fact, I mean, it only came into, into the picture after the covenant with Abraham. In fact, it came into the picture after Israel left Egypt. So what happened to all of the generations before Israel? Were there laws? Were there God's judgment? How did God handle it? Now, learning how God handled certain situations would help us understand, I will take it now, would help us understand the importance of laws. Learning how God handled the previous generation. So, so we will be looking at two circumstances, I mean two instances, where God judged the world and the people in there even with the use of laws. Now, the first instance we're not going to be reading the Bible is the instance of Noah and the time of the flood. Now, God wanted to judge the world. The world was so grievous in his eyes. He, he, he sinned so much. They had sinned so terribly. And God wanted to judge them. But there was they, they needed a means by which to judge them. If God had just rained water from heaven and, you know, destroyed everything, it would have been an unfair God. It would have been an unfair God because there was no warning. There was no law. And because there was no law, sin could not take a foothold. I want to go to now. This is what Romans chapter 8 and verse 13 was talking about. Because there was no law, sin could not take a foothold. So now sin had been existing before the law, but sin was not imputed into man because there was no law. The strength of sin is the law. So though men were committing sin in these times, okay, there was no strength in that sin to convict them because there was no law. So God had to devise a law. He called Noah. And he told Noah, tell those people, I am going to destroy this place. Now, as many as they that believes you, they're going to enter into this ark with you. Now, if they enter into the ark with you, that is the law, they are going to be saved. But if they do not enter into the ark with you, they are going to perish. God set a law. He created a system. And, and so all men failed that law, except eight men. Noah's family. Now, God knew Noah's family would comply. In fact, God knew not many people were going to comply. But he needed to do it in such a way that it would be justified. Because God is a just God. So he did it in such a way that it would be justified. That was the first instance. He created a law for them to be judged. The same thing in Sodom and Gomorrah. Genesis chapter 18, verse 17 to 33. Same thing, Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, Sodom and Gomorrah committed all sorts of sins. 
and men, different men have cried unto God for them. And God said something that I find very interesting. He said, I will go down and check if what the people are saying about this city is actually true. Now, you might wonder if he's indeed the omnipresent God and the omnipotent God, and he can see, hear all things and be everywhere at the same time. You might want to ask the question, can God not see that the people in that in that city are actual sinners and they're doing worse than the people are crying against them? He can't see. But the truth is that all that they are doing, there was no strength in that sin to convict them because there was no law. There was no strength in those sins to convict them because there was no laws. So God had to devise another law this time around. And this is why this was why God came down. The reason for God's coming down was to devise a system by which they would be judged. And this is why I said, I will go down. I will go down. And this is why I said, I will go down myself to judge them. And by judging them, I'm going to create a system. And now, when he, you know, when the angels visited Abraham's house, and the angels were to leave Abraham's house, now God remembered, oh, so there is Abraham here. Abraham is a proper king and a priest on earth. Will I be doing something in this territory and not enter into partnership with Abraham? And God said, all right, let me tell Abraham what's going on. So God told Abraham what's going on for the purpose of creating a system to judge them. We must understand this. That many people call Abraham an intercessor there, but that in that disposition, God treated Abraham as the king on earth the same way he treated Noah, as the king on earth and the priest. So Abraham was operating in the office of a king and a priest at the same time that day. I want to get it now. So God spoke to Abraham and said, so I want to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And then Abraham said, okay, okay, are you going to destroy the place if you find 50 people that are righteous? God said no. And then they, they kept that bargaining and bargaining and bargaining and bargaining and bargaining until, until about 10. Now you'll find this account in Genesis chapter 18 from verse 17 to 33. You'll find this account there. So they kept bargaining. They were having a conversation. And then they came down and agreed on five. Now it was Abraham that said, if you find five righteous people in that city, Will you destroy the city? And God said, No, I won't destroy the city for five people. Was it five or ten? One of those two numbers. So the judgment was set. The idea is to seek out five or ten people that were righteous. If five or ten people were found, the city will be spared. If they couldn't be found, the city would be destroyed. Now, this is Abraham's statement. This is Abraham's statute. Abraham and God's statute. So, they arrived at the conclusion. So, a king, a proper king, a righteous man on earth, had spoken on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah. So, God was justified to judge Sodom and Gomorrah by the law that both God and man had created. So, basically... It was the partnership between God and man that created the law that judged his people. I will do it now. So God came that God went down, couldn't find 10 people, 
that were righteous. And so he saved the ones that are Abraham's family. And that was it. The entire city was judged. Let us look at Romans 8, verse 13, so that we can understand what he's saying. So we must understand that whether we like it or not, laws do not just uh, guide the systems. Okay? Laws guide the manifestations of the beings also. Laws helps to keep things in order. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. And since our God is an orderly God, he uses laws to keep things in order. Romans chapter 8 and verse 13 rather, sorry. It says, for ye if you live after the flesh, Romans chapter 5 and verse 13 rather. Romans 5, 13. said wherefore from verse 12 wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned now verse 13 for until the law now before the law sin was in the world but sin is not imputed when there is no law sin was in the world but sin was not accounted when there is no law nevertheless there is the presence of death in man. That is why the law is called the law of sin and death. Though sin was in the world, there was no law to judge it. So sin and death was in the world before the law came in. So the law came to guide people to navigate through their position of death and their sins. That was the reason for the law, to help the people navigate their position of death and live, you know, through sin. Are we together now? So, if there is now a new law, that is the law of the spirit of life, okay, the reason you are able to live by that law is because there has been a translation. Hallelujah. The reason you are able to live by the law of the spirit of life, we're going to talk about it shortly now, is because there have been a translation. Colossians chapter 1 from verse 12 to 13 is that giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has translated us from the kingdom of darkness, in other words, from the position of death into life. He said, who has translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. I think first John chapter 3 says, we know that we have passed from death to life. There is a translation from death, spiritual death, to spiritual life because we love the brethren. So the reason you are able to live by the law of the spirit of life is because there's been a translation. Now, there could have been a translation and you're already a part of the kingdom of God, you're already alive and still operate by the law of sin and death. Do not forget, the law of sin and death is just laws. They are the combination of all ordinances and laws that God gave the Israelites that are recorded in the Old Testament. So, a born-again believer trying to live by the ordinances that were released unto Israel is trying to live by the law of sin and death. Just by being 
a lot. This is why Jesus said, I do not come to abolish the prophet, prophets. I do not come to cancel them. I came to fulfill them. So there were requirements that these prophets, these laws, were lacking in. Okay? They couldn't meet up with the requirements. So I came to meet up with the requirements so that you would not have to live by them. But sadly, we still find many in the body of Christ today living by the laws of sin and death. Trying to practice the ordinances of the whole testament. Forgetting the main thing in the New Testament. I will together now. Now, what is this law? The law of the spirit of life that sets men free from the law of sin and death is a dynamic law. Somebody say dynamic law. It is a dynamic law that works, I mean, seamlessly through three main themes. It is a dynamic law that works seamlessly through three main things. And what are these three things? Love, faith, and assurance. Can I come again? Love, faith, and assurance. Now, Jesus was talking to the disciples in John chapter 13, verse 34. He said, A new commandment I write unto you. John chapter 13. A new commandment I write unto you that you love one another. John chapter 13. Let's see. Verse 34. If you're there ahead of me, you can just hold on a bit. John chapter 13 and verse 34. He said, A new commandment I give to you. Now, why would he give unto you a new commandment? Because the old commandments were to be fulfilled through him. The only reason he has the capacity to give a new commandment is because the old ones were fulfilled through him. So he said, if I've come to fulfill the law, then I must give you a new one you must live by. So he said, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That ye have loved one another. I mean, that you love one another. As I have loved you, that ye also love one another. And I said, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. If you have love unto one another. So by this shall all men know that you are my fruits. By this shall all men know that you are my product. By this shall all men know that you have become like me. By this shall all men know that spiritually speaking, your stature, your stature, I mean your stature, has changed from death to life. If you have loved one another, if you love one another, so the commandment of love is a practice. It is the law of love is a practice, a manifestation to show that you have been translated. So if you were not translated from death to life, you would never be able to practice the law. I mean, you would never be able to practice the new commandment, which is love. So to be able to live by the law of spirit of life, you must be alive. I want to get it now, brethren. You must be alive. Now, that's the first pillar of the law. Now, the second pillar, which I like to call the principle, is faith. Now, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, the Bible says, 
that now the just shall live by his faith. There are three scriptures that repeat this same statement. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4b, Romans chapter 1 and verse 17b, and Hebrews chapter 10, I mean chapter 10 and verse 38. We're focusing on Hebrews 10, 38 now. He said, now the just shall live by his faith. Now God says, but if any man draws back, my soul shall have no player in him. If any man draws back from living by faith, it says, My soul shall have no player in him. Now look at Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we are peace with God. So faith is a medium. Faith is not just a law, it is a principle that both God and us are to live by in the kingdom we live in. So faith is a principle. God lives by faith, and so you are commanded to live by faith. God is love, and so you are commanded to be by love. So the reason it is called the spirit of life, I mean the law of the spirit of life, is because it is a law that governs all spirits that are alive. I want to get it now. It is not just some Christian law. It is not just some religious law. It is the law that guides all beings that are alive. God loves, and so you are commanded to love. God has faith, and so you should live by faith. In fact, there is, the Bible makes us understand that there is the God kind of faith. So it is beyond just written in the Bible. It is a law for the kind of life that is in you. So if you do not live by these two laws, God is not at fault. God will not necessarily be angry at you. The problem is that you will not be able to operate as the being that you are. You will not be able to operate the eternal life that is in you. You will not be able to operate as a God on earth. I want to go down. Whereby has been given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises. I'm talking, I'm quoting 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. He said, Whereby, let me verse 4 now. Whereby has been given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises, that by these promises we might be partakers of the divine nature. So by the promises that are revealed to us through the Lord Jesus, and we receive these promises, we become partakers of the nature of God. Now, as a partaker of the nature of God, we are to live by that nature of God. And there is a law that guides the nature of God. It is called the law of spirit of life. It is this law that sets you free from the law of sin and death. So, as a believer, you have to be absolutely careful to check your life and see which law are you trying to live by. Praise the Lord. It's so important. So important. Now, why is faith and hope, I mean, why is faith and love seamless? Why do they just enter into each other? Now, Romans 10, verse 11, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing now by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing the word of God. So, faith comes when you hear God's word. So, faith is what enables you to practice what God has said. Faith is what enables you to manifest God's word. So, if God is saying, live by law, I would go to now, and you are living by law, you are practicing faith. So, love is faith in action. I would go to now. Love is what? Faith in action. The Bible says, love is faith in action. 
Are we together now? Because the, Bible, the, 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 word, the word love is a verb. It's a doing word. It's a doing word. I think First John chapter 4 was saying something about uh, if we love one another, we are passed from death to life. Or chapter 3. So, love is a doing work. So, because we are practicing the commandment that has been revealed to us by God, okay, as we live in love, I would get it now, we are practicing faith. This is why the Bible says, He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. So, dwelling in love is dwelling in God. Why? Because dwelling in love is practicing faith. So, faith is, I can say, faith is more important than love because both of them are seamless. They can't even be divided, so to say. Faith is love in action. So we can say love is faith. Faith is love. If a man has love, he has faith. If a man can love, he has faith. And now I'm not talking about the gift of faith. I'm talking about the basic faith that the, that the just must live by. So now what this means is this, that if you're trying to get God to give you things by fasting, okay, and you are not dwelling in love, you should realize that you are operating the law of sin and death and not the law of the spirit of life. I want to get it now, brethren. Let me repeat that so that you can get it. If you are trying to fast, if you are fasting to get the things that you want from God, the things that the Bible says has been given to you in 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3, okay, and you refuse to dwell in love, you are practicing the law of the spirit, of the, I mean, the law of sin and death and not the law of the spirit of life. Just by the fact that you are alive. Another instance, if you are trying to get things done by your own system, by your own word, and you are not resting on the rest provided for you by Christ Jesus, I will take it now. You are practicing the law of sin and death, and not the law of the spirit of life. So you need to sit down and ask yourself, what am I living by? Lastly, First Corinthians chapter thirteen and verse thirteen. It says, and now abided faith, hope, and love. These three, this is what the greatest of these three is love. Let me explain the dynamics of this three for you. So when a man hears the word of God, as you have heard now, that the new commandment is love. It is the word of God. Now, when as you stand up to practice this law, because love is given, the basic, okay, so love is a form, giving is a form of love. Let me say it this way. If you would like to understand love better, please refer to our previous teaching on Agapa, series one. It is going to be released this week by the grace of God. If you want to understand love better, go to just follow our series Agapa. It is going to be released this week by the grace of God. I want to get it now so that you can understand love better. So, when a man hears that the commandment of God to all believers is love, and that man decides to act upon this word, and regardless of the circumstances, decides to leave this love. Are we together now? Faith will come. Are we together now? Faith will arise in that man, and then this man will have faith and not fear for many of the things that he wants to achieve in life. This is why the Bible says that hearing is our love made perfect. First John chapter 4 verse 17. Hearing is our love made perfect, that we may have faith in the day of judgment, as it is in this world. So are we. It says. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So perfection in love leads to full faith and no fear. So because you are not scared, are we together now? You have expectations or assurance. 
So what makes you not being scared is because of the assurance of faith that you have. And this is why these three are important. Faith, hope, that is assurance, and love. So as you practice love, you are living in faith and it, bring, it creates in you an assurance of the things to come. So you do not have an assurance now. You do not have expectations now. I mean, your expectations are not exactly according to God's word because you have not been able to practice God's love. So if you begin to practice God's love, you can begin to expect to have all your needs met. You can begin to expect to dwell in God. You can begin to expect to manifest the fullness of God as you dwell in love because that is practicing faith. And the just shall live by his faith. I dare you this morning, live by faith. I dare you today, live by faith. I dare you today, live by faith. Because this is the law of the spirit of life. It is the only thing that can set you free from the law of sin and death. It is the only thing that can get rid of condemnation once and for all. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me through my podcast or reach out to me through my mail at equallyimpacts at gmail.com. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.